Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Throwback Thursday, everyone. How's it going, Kev? Hey, Rob. How are you, buddy? Oh, man, I'm tired. I know you. <laughs> I'm, I'm ex- sounds like we I am, up. I am but exhausted, but exhilarated. You, I, yes, especially after last night. But the week you've had a week, I think you've had three shows at 54 below. Three in a row. 54 below. Three in a row. Like, what nights were they? Uh, well, and what were they? Oh, my God. Well, you know, we, we did ballroom yeah, on what? September 4th, which we've already oh, talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, right. And then uh, Sunday night, which was the September 9th, we did an original cast reunion of Ain't Misbehaving. I love that. Oh my God! It was historic. Um, yeah. Watching Ken Page, it was like a rock concert. Ken Page, Andre <laughs> DeShields, and Charlene Woodard um, doing their thing was absolutely incredible. Um, Some, what, Andre like, did the Vipers drag. Later, Thirty-nine years. Forty later. years later, and yeah. they all look like it was nineteen seventy-eight. Ken Page went up on stage and started "Your Feet's Too Big" and said, "What's that running around in here?" The whole <laughs> audience stood up. And just gave him a huge ovation. It was watching him and Andre. Now, here's the cool thing. He and Andre did um, Fat and Greasy. Right? Do you know Fat and Greasy? No, I don't actually. It's their big duet in Act 2. Oh, of course. Because of Ken and Andre's schedule, they never rehearsed it. So the first time they did it in like 40 years, or 30 years, I should say, was uh, them doing it together on stage in front of an audience. Incredible. I'm sure it was on fire. And what an audience. Uh, Lynn Ahrens, Leslie Odom Jr., <laughs> so many people came out to support them. Uh-huh. Um, it was really, really incredible. And then last night, oh my God, Kevin, last night was Golden Rainbow. Um, <laughs> This, I, is, this the is build up. We've had a big build up. We've, we've had a big build up because Debbie, we, we, you know, we, it's, there's been a lot of, it's in a lot, it's been very popular. It's been a lot of people's favorite thing. Kevin, I, I, I still can't get over <laughs> this. Let me explain this once again because I right. I'm in awe. Jen and I are trying to do more anniversary concerts at the club because we think those sell sure. really well, which they sure. do. Um, and she was like, "Oh, it's the 50th anniversary of Golden Rainbow," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll do it. We'll do it for like one performance only because who's going to yeah. come to this?" Exactly. And I'm like, "We'll do one performance, and it won't even sell well, and they'll cancel it, and I'll move on yeah. with my life." But right. I can at least say I tried. We had to add a second show. <laughs> Debbie Gravitt's in it. Who, right. you, you know how I feel about Debbie Gravitt. I'm just Your favorite like, voice. My favorite, favorite voice. voice. She can just talk to me all day. It was on the record Debbie. in the interview, you guys. It was on the down. record. <laughs> it was on the record. Um, no, I couldn't D- believe it. Yeah. David Lawrence, voice, who wrote High School Musical and is Stephen Eady's son, David came Lawrence. back to play his dad's role. Looks like his dad. Sounds like his dad. Richard Kind was in it. This adorable kid named Jonah Halpern, who's been in a bunch of Broadway shows. Um, he's really, really incredible. Anyway, so last night, a picture of you, of Richard Kind hanging on you and the other two. <laughs> that picture is unbelievable. I love it so, so much. We okay, sold out. The, no, no, I was gonna say, we sold out the first show. Second show is pretty sold, right? But the first show, I'm in the elevator going down, and the mater D says to me, "Oh, there's a lot of VIPs here tonight." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, sure, probably like a club owner or something." Right. Not joking, Kevin. And listeners, not joking. This is Golden Rainbow. This is the Stephen Eady show, Golden Rainbow, that nobody had ever done after, 
after Stephen Eady left the show in 1968. Nobody's ever yeah, done no, this show was, again. It was done. It was bye. Bye bye, everybody. Because it was written what? for Stephen Eady. That was it. It was like a Vegas show. Front yeah. row, Jason Robert Brown, Georgia Stitt. Okay. Back row, Mark Shaman, Scott Whitman. <laughs> the other <laughs> golden couple of Broadway. The other golden couple. VIP table. Ready? VIP table. Mark Sendroff, Marilyn May, Randy Graff, Lucy Arnaz, um, Walter Marks at 84, who's the composer and lyricist, sharp of as a whip, course. who we was a genius. We should get him on here. Richard J. Alexander, right? All these people loved. Oh, and, and, and tons of others. I'm not, there's someone anyway. Of course. Who loved Golden Rainbow. It was like a rock concert. And I got, I have to give a shout out to somebody really quickly, if I may. Um, th- if you know Golden Rainbow, and you can look at it in the Tony clip. Everybody said that this was the most exciting opening number they had ever seen in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was supposed to be like Las Vegas. And like women came down on carousel horses from the flies. Like it's very impressive. And you can watch <laughs> it on YouTube. But one of the things that's really cool is there's this guy. Because there's all these drum fills in the middle of the music. Right. Where a guy is just like dancing wildly in a midriff on top of slot machines. <laughs> Guess who the dancer was in 1968? Larry Merritt, Lawrence Merritt, who we had on the oh, podcast. Oh, I forgot about that. So I have a friend um, who just graduated Penn State. His name is Jonathan Savage. You're going to need to know this name. So I had Jonathan do the dance solos. I saw so the I, video. I said, did you see him? So oh, I, I saw the video. I said, Jonathan, I said, I said, I said, just stay there. So, so Jonathan comes out and he's wearing um, a midriff with no shirt underneath. And he does... Like the, the Chiquita lady. He or does the best like, dancing I ever saw in my life. And by the bar, right? And by it the bar. Like, yep, it was amazing. The show is over, and I gotta tell you, Kevin, everybody runs up to me and they don't want to talk about I mean, they did talk about Debbie and David, but all they're who who is this kid? Who is this kid? Who is this kid? Richard J. Alexander grabbed me and goes, That is a young Donna McKechnie. He says, I know a star when I see it, and that man is going to be a star. <laughs> So wow. I'm so, but, but you know, I want to, I just want to give a little shout out to him and I'll Pop tell you why. <laughs> when we were doing the open, when we were rehearsing the opening number, I looked at the crowd of the ensemble kids and I said, I said, who here feels really comfortable just dancing? And nobody raised their hand Ugh. except him. He's like, I'll do it for you, Rob. And look at that. Him doing me a favor just led him to a whole bunch of work because I think this kid's going to be working like. Well, everyone else was really dancing their face off too. It was really. Oh, everyone was dancing, but I mean, he was half naked and and dancing on a bar. (laughs) Abs for days. He's so proud of himself. Abs for days. No, (laughs) but God bless him. I I have a six pack. I'm so protective of it. I keep it in a huge layer of fat because I don't want it to you know be ruined at any point. Get out of here. I don't have washboard also, abs. I have you're a not washing wearing, machine. I can't tell that you're wearing your uh, underwear again if you're no, wearing, I'm wearing, your, I'm wearing, remember, I'm wearing sweats. Oh, pants. Sweats. Nice. I'm wearing my sweats. Week, uh, well, you know, you. I'm a classic. How are, so anyway, so that was that. Golden oh, Rainbow. Yeah, lots lovely. of fun. Lots of good Amazing. times. Um, if if you haven't listened to it, it's great. Debbie Gravitt came out in an Edie Gourmet wig. She looked amazing in that wig. And then, yeah, and it was it was just, it was a really fun. Richard Kind was hysterical. Like, when is he not hysterical? Um, it was so good. We had such a nice time. And so I, I think, oh, I'm not going to say what the show is, but I think oh. I'm going to do another one with Debbie and Stay David here. at some point. All right. I'm kind of excited. I think I've got Love a couple that. of ideas are brewing. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> I but, do, I do. I've already done I do, I do. Last five years. There it is. Debbie. <laughs> she can <laughs> sing it. She can sing it. She can do whatever the hell she wants. God love her. Oh, no, that's cool. I hope they do something else that's that's from that 
that time. Yeah, she, I, 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 I'll tell you when we're off the air because I can't reveal it yet. But I know they're working on the rights right now. Sorry, I think it's going to be a lot sorry. of fun. Um, how are you? How's um, Legally Blonde? How was your? Wait, how was Renfair? Great. All right, that's what I. Renfair was unbelievable. All right, everybody, just to paint the picture for you this weekend, my wife and I. Picture it, took Sicily. Our, took a, <laughs> picture it, Pennsylvania. Uh, the the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Uh, we go. This is our. We didn't go last year. Last year we went to the New York Renaissance Fair, uh, and I, I, I and that was that was great. It was much bigger, and we didn't. Uh, we prefer the Pennsylvania one, to be honest. It's a like a two and a, two hour and forty five minute drive. <laughs> who it's are in the, the guys? Of nowhere. It's just north of Lancaster, like an uh, like an hour north of Lancaster. Wait, who what? are the guys you see every year? Marcello? Marce- no. Don Juan and Miguel. I've literally, all right. So you guys, of course, let me, some of you, first of all, half of you, I've probably just lost because you're like, what musical is this? But, um, it's, I I think I already lost them when I was giving a performance report. No, I loved your, your performance report was really good. I enjoyed that. (laughs) Um, but the Ben, the Pennsylvania rent fair, it's where you, it's like going to a, 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 uh, sleep no more or a, a, like an immersive um, theme park where there's no rides, but there's shows and there's acts and there's musical acts. And, um, and, and it's, it's like a band of, of like carnival people in many ways, people that travel around to do this. Every state has one and they're all over the place. But um, I, I, and so you, you're, you're encouraged to dress up uh, and there's many different themes. This was the wizarding weekend. So there's a lot of Harry Potter <laughs> freaks and it's basically where all the nerds go to, feel like the coolest people ever and so it was broadway con for us exactly there's a lot of crossover i have found uh in all of these little niche worlds but um it was excellent rob we and so don juan and miguel are one of the acts and i actually watched them when i was a kid growing up so this is 25 years ago i've been watching them the same two guys in fact his daughter was in the act 20 years ago and now she's grown up and you know out of there but don juan and miguel are there they're there and miguel i bought the dvd that's a like a documentary about them it's a little sad but but Miguel was like a legit actor and he is a legit actor you can tell he is and he's so amazing in the show they're funny they're so it's like vaudeville comedy and then he's got a whip it's like a whip act so Don Juan is actually a, a very highly trained whip person who can whip a can uh, in half and shit like that I don't think I've ever asked you when what made you want to go to the Renaissance Fair in the beginning of all this I know you've gone for years and years and years but when you first went why uh, well, for, it was nostalgic first. I mean, like I went when I was a kid growing up cause it's something to do with kids. Right. So then I remembered it, but I never dressed up or anything like that. It was just, uh, it was just fun to see the shows and the music. And then I think Sutton got fixated on it or thought about it. I'm sure if she were here. She would be able to tell a better, um, some like, wow, how it got started, but Where it is was she? just, uh, she's in the, in, the, in the living room. You made it sound but, uh, like she's a million miles away. She's in your <laughs> living room. <laughs> she's just in the living room. Friends over. She's hanging out. Um, but um, I, I, I just think it was a whim. And then I thought we were. I think we were in visiting my family in Pennsylvania. And we just thought, hey, let's go check this out. And we didn't. I did not dress up. She really wanted to dress up. And then I was sort of not dressed up at all. And this is the first year after three years that I dressed up. And let me tell you. It was an, a completely different game when I dressed up because then everyone kind of took us both much more seriously. And people, some people speak in accents and stuff. They're like, oh, huzzah. I could say huzzah all over the place. Oh, good morrow, sir. How fare thee today? And you're like, oh, uh, that's the morning is splendid, methinks, you know, and you just act stupid. And but it's so fun. I, it is. And then you, you drink beer and stuff throughout the day and wine and stuff. And it's. 
and it's but it's very it's everyone is so friendly and and helpful. <laughs> yeah, because they're just, drunk and they're <laughs> and they're holding no, turkey it, legs. It, but you go to what you do though is I didn't think about the news once. I didn't think oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. anything. I'm serious here. I mean, it really is a place you go. It just like sleep no more. You go to like get lost in this world, and if you kind of like just go with it, you do get lost in the world. And it's more than just a theme park or, or, a, or like a, I don't even know what to call it. Like an event space. It's just like yeah. a fun adventure. You're going, I'm going to bring you, we want to bring you so bad. I'll go with you guys. I'm down for that. Yeah. And I you also it, went to miniature world. And then, uh, so I watched this show called CBS Sunday morning, or as I like to call it church. And, uh, and it's just, it's is that fan- the one that Charlie Rose was on? Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. This was uh, Charles Osgood was the host, and now. Uh, oh yeah, okay, it's okay. The very just chill. They always talk about the arts, and it's just a feel-good show. You always end up crying at some point. Mo Rock is a correspondent. You know, yeah, Mo Rock is okay. on there. Yeah. So one of they did a special about this like miniature village train set thing that this guy had made, and it's mammoth. I mean, you, it's massively huge, uh, and it started out in like the, he started doing it in the early 1900s, and he finished it or you know, completed it to, for the public in night in the early fifties. My mother actually went there in 1957 and it was, it's still the exact same way that it was in the sixties. And it's just a huge diorama, a town uh, with mountains and you walk through the sides and they put on a show at, where they dim the lights and make it all. It's, it was amazing. And it was, it was authentic. You walk, that place was like stepping back in time to the sixties and not in an ironic way. I mean, like it was been, it's the building, every, the people who work there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an experience. It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, very. It's called road uh, roadside um, roadside roadside. That's a Jones and Schmidt yeah. musical, isn't it? <laughs> actually, fun fact. That's actually got some really good music in it. Really, roadside. roadside. That's that's I know. Um, it's it's uh it's amazing. It's yeah. you know I have a lot of those scores that were only recorded and then not really done that much. But I I love miniatures. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't love know. a train. Uh, oh, oh! I can, I, I can top that. I can top that for you. Um, the, I, we're, my hometown in Thousand Oaks was right in next to it. Was a two mile drive away from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. You know, I'm a political science guy. So oh, I know. Of, but I will say, I will say this: every every year, um, they would do this. I thought it was really cool. Somebody built a miniature White House. Um, that has that is literally a room by room recreation in miniature of every room in the White House. Wow! Um, with now this is kind of cool. The guy they have little television sets. You see, like my hand is like maybe like an inch big. <laughs> yes, everybody can see that. Yeah, I'm I'm asking you to validate my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, are they not an inch apart? Yeah. No, they. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Right is. there. Right there. Um, with working televisions. Working wow, televisions. And he also has this thing, which is kind of, I think it's kind of cool. There are these little mini telephones that if you call a number, the little phone rings on the little Oval Office desk. <laughs> it's real. If you, I don't know, if anyone else has seen this, please let me know. They used to do it at the Reagan Library all the time. It's nice. this, this gorgeous, stunning miniature version of the White House, which I think is, is really, really cool. This is um, why I don't have a lot of friends, I think. I think I, I just realized just that say, at this moment. You know, there's probably about as many people who are obsessed with miniature things as there are obsessed with musical theater cast recording. <laughs> if you do both, <laughs> come sit by well, me. Well, you win. You well, win. so favorite things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got. Well, really quickly, I saw you watch the Carol Channing thing, right? 
you know, it, eh, it was a tough watch. I must say, I, I wasn't like through. It was, it was just weird. Yeah, it's not very it, good. It's it not great. Really it's a, oh yeah, I wasn't saying like my god, it should be picked up. It was a weird one though. Oh, but but I enjoy her. Like that is the place to study her real old. You know, before she was a caricature accent. <laughs> I'm gonna eat a hot dog. <laughs> great, Carol. Anything it's else? So weird. And all no, all really long shots. All you know, two. Well, she's so big; they don't want to like get any closer. It was just. Um, I just I was hoping that the last thing she would say is, "I don't remember eating corn." It is. Once again, if you don't know the corn story, look it up. Look it up. Yeah, just Google Carol Channing corn. It's the best thing ever. I don't remember eating corn. Um, Everyone's favorite way to do her accent, too. Yeah, there's lots of... You know what? She's the gift that keeps on giving. Indeed. Um, Okay, Kevin. So um, why don't you go first? All right, Rob. I shall. Shall we say the ball (laughs) is in your court? Why, thank you, Robert. What's the Uh, musical? What's the musical? uh, No uh, one ever plays with me. uh, uh, City of Angels. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Oh, whew, gosh, you really, I, you know, it's like when the, when it's musical theater on Jeopardy and then I feel so much pressure to get them all right. When you do that to me, I'd get like anxious and then my mind shuts down and then I'm, and then I panic and I'm like, oh, our listeners are listening. And then they think I'm dumb. And then, oh God, it all just crashes down. Okay. That hi. was a very vulnerable wow. moment. Thank you for sharing. Just went Kevin. There. Sorry, everybody. Wow. Lizzie. Um, <laughs> this is my blue suit pressed. That was a, that was a deep moment there, Kevin. Is it really? really? Yeah. That's a, if I fucking um, see you singing that in a rainstorm, I'm walking well, the other way. Once again, I feel like Rachel Maddow, she opens her show and she's always like, this time, you know, I thought we were going to have a regular thing and it's really special tonight. I, I feel like I'm always saying, I, I feel like I had to look up this up because I feel like we've done it before. It's once again, something that we, I, it should have been done before. It, th- where I'm going to a niche group of people, these are people who really listen to the music of of a show, uh, who really understand what uh, arranging and orchestrations, um, and other people who don't, but this is really a book that speaks to them. And it really is for the listener who appreciates um, or wants to learn about all the layers and things that actually you never, ever think about when you go and sit into a Broadway theater or listen to a cast recording and hear that music. Because I'm talking, of course, of the art of orchestration. Um, oh, and yes. we've often talked about how that Tony Ward category is very, very difficult to define, uh, at least to to quantify how uh, one's quality is reflected and, and how do you rate that, you know? Uh, and this book by Stephen Susskind called The Sound of Broadway Music really does that. Um, it is for the the mute person who's very knowledgeable of music and the person who is not knowledgeable of music. Um, and you can get a lot out of it. It's definitely a reference book, but you can read it cover to cover and be just fine and have a great time. Um, have you read it, Rob? You know what? It has always been on my list and I have never read it. I'm ashamed to admit it. Uh, that's cool. No, I, it's, I just was curious. It's, it's amazing. And we love Stephen Susskind. We love his books and we love, you know, what he has given us in the past. He, 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 he agreed to be a guest on this. We need to sit and, down and talk serious? to him. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful news. He wrote a show, you know, he wrote the show tunes book. He wrote, he just done, um, gosh, he's done opening night. Uh, the, He's also done the White House miniature book. Looking, oh, Second Act Trouble. I love yes. that book. That's one of it. Yes, and the White House. So many well, <laughs> White House miniature book. Good. That's, you're joking there. Yeah, I got it. Um, <laughs> Is it really? 
Is it really me? Uh, yeah, so the sound of Broadway music, uh, I, I'm just looking at the title page. Forgive me, guys. That's why I was riffing. <laughs> I was reading the book for the first time on air. <laughs> no, 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 no. He I got desperate, folks. Just like, much like talking about the art of or- orchestration, I'm trying to figure out how to tell this little spot and make it interesting. Um, oh, so I thought you were going to say the artist's way. Yeah. <laughs> Starting tomorrow, chapter one. No. Um, he groups the book in many different ways, and you can read it by by the sections. Um, he basically explains the system of of how orchestrators became what they are, and 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 arrangers, and how they got paid the way they get paid. Because basically, the secret that people don't know is that orchestrators are some of the highest paid people of any Broadway production. Uh, in the golden age of Broadway, especially, they were they were making hand over fist in money. They worked their butts off. They got paid because they got paid per page for a Broadway show, uh, and they all were, were uh, sort of worked for one guy in a conglomerate, uh, and so they basically had all of the work in the market, uh, and they just got paid <laughs> huge sums of money. And every Broadway show knew, every Broadway musical knew that a major part of the budget was going to go towards orchestration, especially for new musicals, because you throw things out on the road, and there's you you have to get you know you have to write. And back then they hand wrote all of the parts, of course, for the full orchestra. You know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say maybe you're going to answer this. Who's your favorite orchestra? Orchestrator. You know, that's a really good question. Uh, I I have many. Uh, and this book covers, just to be fair, uh, the golden age, like up until about they, – they, they go to about 1980 because people's – they lived for, for a long time. But they really focus on you know the, the more acoustic sound of orchestration versus how you can orchestrate now for the microphones. Just to, I was just want to clarify there. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Ginsler, um, uh, Red Ginsler. Uh, he did uh, like uh, Gypsy and the big brassy sounds like the really oh. big. Uh, and, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, not not Gypsy, uh, like Bye Bye Birdie. Like he would oh, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the, the jazz flutes in there, you know, like you know, there were like four flutes. No one ever put four flutes in the pit, you know, and and brought more, a jazzier sound. Um, I also love well, Hershey K was he he was uh, he did West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, he also was a more orchestra-minded person, like Robert Russell Bennett, who was the grandfather of them all. Yeah. He did Oklahoma Carousel. And I like the more orchestral sound, like classical music, not just like follow the melody and then throw in a random, you know, fill. But I, I like a, a, you know, a bigger sound, much like when, remember when you saw South Pacific at Lincoln Center? And that was, you know, that's the year that Robert Russell Bennett posthumously finally won the orchestration Tony oh, Award. Because there was never an award back then because people couldn't, you know, quantify it how do you how do you say it's good you know today how do you say something's oh that was a good orchestration yeah 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 you know it's tough because it is do you just like the song or is it because it's creative like you know dear van hansen i think that is a fantastic orchestration with just a couple people is that alex Alex yeah yeah, alex more is just a magician when it comes to small ensembles and creating a big sound um but getting back to the book this uh, uh, this is about having bigger ensembles creating a big sound uh and so uh, what i also appreciate about this book so he, he groups it into the 12 major uh orchestrators and he gives you a biography of all of them and he it, it's very he gets you know almost gossipy in a ways because some of them were alcoholics and some of them were in the closet and you know it, it, it was, it's a very fast it's not just a very it's not a dusty read at all it is a very it, fascinating read do you yeah. have the book in front of you 
I'm looking at the title page right now. Can I ask you a question? You don't have to go into detail. Who are the 12 big ones that he lists? Here we go. Yeah, I'll, I'll say them really fast because everyone knows probably their names or at least has yeah. read them before. Robert Russell Bennett, mm-hmm. Ralph Burns. Oh, I love, he's uh, my, Ralph Burns is my favorite. I love favorite. Ralph Burns too. He was one of the big, big first uh, jazzy players. Alcoholic. He struggled a lot with his sure. – but it never affected his work. He could just – he worked his ass off. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chicago, Nanette are my favorites. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Red Gensler, as I said, Hershey Kay, uh, Irv Kostel, uh, Philip Lang, Sid Raymond, uh, Ted Royal, Eddie Souter, Eddie Souter, man, he was good. Hans Spielek, Walker, uh, Larry Wilcox. Can you? And I'm then, a, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say oh. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Would you mind bringing me the book to read? Yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yours. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then they go through after that. So no, that, but that's not all they, uh, they go through the, they call it valued members of the music department and guess who he mentions and gives a little biography sketch on who Trudy Rittman. Oh, your girlfriend. She was one of my favorite things, everybody. She was a dance music arranger and I thought she just never, she worked for Richard Rogers and I really believe that she never got her due. I think she was an incredible artist that. Perhaps because of her gender, she was not, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then he, but he also talks about the art of orchestration. He talks about, you know, how songs are made. He lists off songs and uh, in, in, in the orchestrator, and then he, he tells you to play, like, on a, you know, on the street where you live from the original cast recording of My, you know, My Fair Lady, and he'll say, listen for this. Listen for this jazz thing. Listen for this clarinet piece. So, so for the person who knows absolutely nothing about orchestration, it's a great way to, to learn a little bit and to know what to listen for. And what I've always thought, you know, why did someone just tell me what I'm supposed to hear and then I'll understand. Mm. And this is the kind of thing that really, even for, I mean, I'm a music director and a musician. And yeah, I, whenever I read it, I, I get more out of it. Perhaps the, one of the most interesting parts of it is, is the research he did. Uh, in the back, it is a alphabetical of over 700 shows. And for almost every single one, or for most of them, he gives uh, the orchestrator for all of them. And not only that, because not one person wrote shows that's another secret people don't know is that it was always three or four people that worked on a broadway show because they were so they were so big there's so much work but he, he literally lists every song from the show and who orchestrated which song oh that's my god great. that's incredible yeah. what a great research so, uh okay i'm gonna grab it from you when tomorrow yep. if i can and pick it up and read it it's so funny that you mentioned orchestrators because my favorite thing today has brilliant orchestrations on it okay bring it if that's okay, to I think that's that's nope. that's our thematic way. I think of. Well, I think I've talked about orchestration quite enough. No, I mean, okay. <laughs> now, uh, I I okay. I have to go back. I we were talking about these '90s albums, these '90s concert albums that we were talking. You know, we were talking about the last couple of weeks about how you know we love the back of the show music magazine and the, the got the weird folk and photos that, on there yeah i forgot to i forgot to take a picture and post well it, but there like, is one i listened to and oh. it is so good i have not stopped listening to it since i found it on apple music uh, i am over the moon i am just yeah. over the moon because i think i think the orchestrations and arrangements on this album are so no 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 (laughs) these are so damn good orchestrations by a former guest of ours larry moore and arrangements uh, by mark hummel this is a cd that came out in 1994 and in the heart of it right in the peak right in the peak of all of this of the cabaret Uh, and the photo it's a it's a it's a female solo album all right. The uh, grand image on all of this is a woman against um, a bass, via a bass, you know, an upright bass. 
um, just looking longingly. It is the wonderful Sally Mays. Sally Mays, I was going to say. And this album, ladies and gentlemen, oh my God, it is called Our Private World. Uh, sings uh, Our Private World, and it's uh, Sally Mays singing the songs of Comden and Green. Oh, my God. The first number is a combo. First of all, her mashups are amazing. Her mashups yeah. are... First of all, and we all know Sally Mays is, hopefully. You know, she was in the She Loves Me revival, and she's done all this other stuff. She's great. And she does it right I, now. I associate her with Cabaret lately. She's a big Cabaret performer. You know, after right. her, you know she's a big Cabaret performer. Um, her opening number is... Uh, together from on the 20th century mashed up with fireworks from uh, do re mi her little bit in love the arrangements are so fabulous she sings being good from hallelujah baby it, you literally have to scrape yeah. me off the ceiling you have to scrape me off the ceiling she does a really fun thing called the savage man medley where she sings uh call me savage uh, and me savage, call me like da, da, da. And then she does Primitive Man from the On the Town movie, which in the On oh. the Town movie is absolutely atrocious, but she makes it really fantastic. Um, she does, um, you know, uh, Talking to Yourself, Lonely Town, uh, Some Other Time, Our Private World. It's wonderful. Now, we mentioned this last time. There's always one song. One song that they have to just, you know, change it around a little bit be- to put their unique <laughs> spin on it. And yep. I'm going to say this. Sally Always. Mays, this song is not, this CD is 98% perfection. The 2% Uh-oh. you Here can it skip it is I Can Drum Cook too. Oh, in do which, they put bongos? Are there bongos? It's a languid tempo. So it's like, <laughs> I can. The old, let's slow down the up tempo. Yeah, that's two. a great idea. Slow it down. Yeah, even more. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, but I'm going to forgive her because this opening number, and I got to tell you, Larry's orchestrations on it are so good. They are so damn good. It You're, you're going to listen to the opening, and you're, you're not going to want to stop. So, ladies and gentlemen, my thing this week is Sally Mays' Our Private World from 1994. From Ooh. 1994. Sally Mays from awesome. 1994. Um, if you only got time to listen to a couple of things, the first things are together in fireworks and mm-hmm. then being good from Hallelujah Baby, which, like I said, you legitimately need to scrape me off of the, the oh. ceiling because it's so it's so damn good. It's I a marvelous that. album. And I think I'm trying to think. I remember who the producer was on it. It was that. How do you say it? Veray Saraband? Is it Bruce Kimmel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Kimmel was Bruce's uh, thing. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. We got to well, get him. Yeah, that's really great, Rob. That's a good one. Yeah, it is on Apple Music and it's on Spotify. That's how well, I listen. found it. And and like I said, you know, if you get the chance to see Sally Mays in concert, wait a minute, Kevin. Hold on one second. Can you? Are you was still I wrong? No, no, I'm no. here. Hold on. I want to just play the opening of Together. Is everybody okay, still here? I'm literally this putting. Is a, this is a first. Everybody. I'm putting the this phone is, up to the mic so you can hear this. I cannot believe you. Tell me how this. good this is. Oh God. Oh, it's actually not that bad. You guys can hear that? How great is that opening orchestration? It, is, it also feels like I just turned on like the I went the other direction with the channels and I went to like the old <laughs> the old stations, you know. How like good me, is that though? ETV, all of a sudden, it's great. It sounds it's a very awesome. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I want to hear it. So anyway, go take a listen to Sally May's "Our Private Worlds." Uh, I love that you just did that. She sings "Come." <laughs> I because. 
I did not realize what I was going to get when I first listened to it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm yeah. like, this is really fun orchestrations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and I, then I looked it up. It was Larry Moore. I wish I had known. I, w- I wish I would have listened to this when we had interviewed him. I would have asked him 90 questions. So anyway, that's mine for this week. Our private world, Sally Mays, Comden and Green. And mine is the Stephen Suskin book, The Sound of Broadway Music. A oh. book of orchestrators and orchestrations. Amazing. Uh, so we will see you all. We'll hear you all. We'll feel you all. Hear me. Touch me. Feel me. Is it really me? Oh, Jesus, he's singing again. Is it really true? Why don't you play that role? What's it, Lizzie? Suddenly I'm beautiful. Why don't you play don't Lizzie and I'll play Starbuck? Oh, that, now we should do that in a scene study class, Rob. That yeah, in our scene study that. class, because Kevin and I are trying to sharpen our skills. <laughs> I do love that song he sings. I don't, Which I mean, one? I like other people singing it. He tells the story. I don't know. You know, 110 in the Shade is one of my all time favorite scores. I know. I, the opening, oh gosh. Gonna be another long, oh God, so good. I don't know it all that well. You, Rob. So Although when she bursts into "Please God, don't let me die alone," is that what she says? Is that yeah. the lyric? I'm always like, "Oh my God!" Like we got real serious, real fast. No, I know. What ha- what ha- what happened to Little Red Hat? Is still based on the Rainmaker, but is Little Red Hat from One Ten in the Shade, or is that Floor of the Red Menace? Little Red Hat, Little Red Hat, what Red Hat? Is that One Ten in the Shade or Floor of the Red Menace? It's Hundred Ten in the Shade. Thank God. But the juvenile roles. Well, you used to tell me I can't play those anymore. Uh, I don't think those days. You could do it at the Muni, probably. At <laughs> the Muni, I'm 20, yeah. 20 million you, feet away from you everybody. You totally play the Bobby Staggart part at the Muni. <laughs> now that he's retired, those roles are open. Yeah, so I can go yeah, in. And, he's going to be, what, a social worker or something? Yeah, he's he's change, that's awesome, changing a Less career path. I think if you find something else to do, that's... <laughs> that he finds his fulfilling is this? That's great. Amen. Think, a, 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 amen. Go ahead and pass the ammunition. Was it Praise the Lord and Pass the Ammunition? <laughs> Frank Lesser, World War II songs. Oh, gosh. There that's you a, go. Hey, that's what I'm going to sing at my cabaret. Rob Schneider oh, sings World War II songs. Oh, below it just Rob Schneider it's, sings the wars. Somebody just suggested to me that we should do um, Over Here, the, oh, the Andrew Sisters one. That's interesting. Over Is it Over Here or Over There? Over here, over there. Over here. I think it's over. Oh, I don't know, actually. Over somewhere. So, over here, I think. Anyway, we're not doing it. Um <laughs> Unless it's because now we're doing my one man World War II show, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what are some of the other world? Uh, I assumed I, we're cutting. I, I, we cut this, but can you tell me what the show is going to be? Oh yeah, I'll get. No, you know what? We're still on the air. Oh great! Because we haven't signed off yet. <laughs> God, I hope everyone. No, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a clue. It's it's such an obvious clue. Um, he it's he it's told us. I just can't remember. No, it's the other show. It's 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 a show that his dad did. It's another Steve Lawrence show. Oh, nice. Which is pretty easy because the guy only did two. Yeah, <laughs> We've already right. done Golden Rainbow. Exactly. Golden Rainbow, shine above me. I bet that was stuck in your head for a while. Um, you know you know, what was stuck in my head? Um, uh, the, uh, for once in your life, it will, oh. it will be a night incredible. It will be a meal inedible. Take a chance for <laughs> once in your life. <laughs> Thank you. 
I love you for that. <laughs> um, if you can see footage of it online, watch it because those kids are dancing. That was the opening number. That out. kid was like working his butt off. We have twenty. We had twenty five kids on that stage. Walter looked at me and goes, "He goes, you have more kids on this stage than we had in the original Broadway show." <laughs> it's like wall of yeah, sound, no, Walter. Wall hey, of sound. Man, I want to get him. He you know, talk about that's. He's had a really interesting life. Special guy, yeah. Really interesting life. Okay. Well, All right. that's it because well, I got to go back and listen to Sally uh, Mays. Killed enough time for you guys. So uh, talk to you next week. Don't be so enthusiastic about it, Kevin. <laughs> and I just if, feel like if, <laughs> if anyone knows anything about ribbon dancing for my World War I medley where I sing I'll Be Seeing You. I want to do an interpretive dance with I ribbons. I literally so have a out. picture of you like in like tight spandex <laughs> with one of those sticks with the ribbon on the end of it. And like, can, I'm, I'm but literally it's red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yeah. But top like shirtless and running around a stage <laughs> and doing those dive rolls. <laughs> like I picture you doing right now, like doing it, like swirling it down and doing a tuck roll and then on your knees going up and doing another one. <laughs> oh gosh, Rob. I'll be seeing you <laughs> yes. in all the familiar places. And I'm in the back singing like <laughs> old man. Yeah. from 110 in the uh, guys buy tickets because no one else will oh, all right till next time all right bye, bye. everybody <laughs> raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens brown paper packages tied up with strings these are a few of my favorite things Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.